0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 23, the Michael Jordan edition of Jordan and Drew the Sports Crew. Sadly, we don't have Michael Jordan on the podcast here today. We tried. I mean, we reached out. We were going to pay a big amount. Im- no, I'm just kidding. We don't have Michael Jordan, and we didn't even try to get Michael Jordan. There's no chance at getting Michael Jordan. You've got Jordan Lorenz right here for the podcast. Thank you all for listening this week. Drew Skyberg, how you doing today? Wait, what, 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 what's going Oh, Drew Skyberg ditched me. That's right. Drew Skyberg is not here for episode 23 of the podcast. He yelled at me for going out and partying in Nashville. Well, he's going all over the place. And actually, right now, time of my recording, on Friday evening, he is at the Brewers and Pirates game in Pittsburgh. He is in Pittsburgh, ladies and gentlemen, at that game by now. He won't be in Pittsburgh anymore, but still, we'll talk about that game coming up. He's sitting in the, through a rain delay. Right now, So, so unfortunate. Every ballpark needs a roof like Miller Park. But yeah, Jordan Lorenz here on solo duty this week. Drew Skyberg is out, and we will just be a nice 20-30 minute episode. I don't know what I'll be doing here today, but it's going to be good. I can guarantee you that. We're going to keep on pushing with the tradition. Not missing a week, and we'll be at it here for episode 23. We tried to have an interview done for this. It would have just been Drew and someone else for an interview. That fell through, so hopefully we're going to get, hopefully there'll be a little bonus episode for you guys coming up soon, but if not, I don't know, might be our Labor Day episode, we still got some things to figure out, but we'll get it done, episode 23 of the podcast here today, you noticed no summer sports spectacular this past Wednesday, that has come and gone, and whew, I just gotta say, it was nice, not having to record two weeks, or two nights during the week, it was nice not having to sit through a three-hour game and then prep with all these notes and sorts of things, but that was fun while lasted. lasted. Summer Sports Spectacular. Check out the 10th episode. Check them all out if you haven't already, and check out my UFC recap as well. UFC 265, all-time low listens on that recap, so maybe you guys weren't a big fan of Derek Lewis getting absolutely slaughtered. That's all I got, though, just our normal plugs. Now, Jordan and Drew, the sports crew on YouTube, we've been at 23 for a while, so let's try and get that up there on Apple Podcasts. Let's get some written reviews down in there. We haven't had a new one for a bit, but leave us a five star review. Leave us a written review as well. Jordan drew the sports crew on every major podcast platform. Twitter. I'm Jordan Law underscore pxp. He is Drew Skyberg. We don't have a Twitter for the podcast, but we have an Instagram and a Facebook. Instagram Jordan Drew underscore sports crew. Un- <laughs> Jordan Drew underscore sports crew. And then Facebook, Jordan Drew, the sports crew. So, finally got that out. I've never stuttered that much on my life. I'm nervous without Drew, I guess. Solo duty's not for me. I don't know. But let's get right into it, right? Our shout-out of the week. Everything's chosen by me this week. Drew gave me a few stats, which I'll go into. But, we have a lot of stats. But first, the shout-out of the week goes to... That kid from Little League. Now, you're probably like, what? What is this man talking about? Our shout-out of the week goes to a kid from Little League Baseball who had probably the worst ever called strike against him, and he just had this look on his face, and it was a thing of beauty. If you haven't seen it, I'll probably have the picture up as a part of our Instagram and Facebook bit, but the look on this kid's face when he saw the umpire called it a strike, I quote tweeted the video as well on my Twitter, so go watch it. If you haven't seen it already, this ball was in the dirt in the opposite batter's box. And just because of framing, I guess, I don't even know. Catcher did something that the umpire liked and he went ahead and called it a strike. And this kid nearly lost it. So he's our shout out of the week. I don't think we'll ever have a chance to get him on the pod or probably ever see or hear from him again. But that is a nice little meme going around now for sure. I mean, that kid, rightfully so, right? There is no reason we're going to talk about umps coming up here in a second, but there is no reason anything in the other batter's box should be called a strike. Like you are kidding me. What umpire is that bad that he goes ahead and calls that? I I just don't get it. You got to watch the video to figure it out, but now it's time for the stats of the week. No snake effect. I don't know how to do that. That's a Drew thing. So no snake effect this week, but we have so many stats Dare I say it's too many stats. Let's first start with one of the ones that Drew sent me, right? Drew sent me a few stats, and I po- I can't possibly go through every stat we have, guys. We have so many stats this week, it- it's not even funny. It- too many. Too many. According to Ticket IQ, the Field of Dreams game between the White Sox and Yankees is the fourth most expensive ticket on the secondary market since two 2000- thousand. 10. So it's been 11 years since we've seen a ticket this high on the secondary market. Only games 3, 4, and 7 of the 2016 World Series cost more. So the 2016 World Series is the one that has numbers 1, 2, and 3. This Field of Dreams game is the fourth most expensive. Obviously, it wasn't a huge stadium at all. I don't even remember how many people it fit. I want to say 8,000, but that's probably wrong. Honestly, I didn't watch the entire game. I just caught bits and pieces, so it's it's whatever. That Field of Dreams game, though, it ended with a bang, that's for sure. And our next stat of the week comes to you from Brian Anderson on Twitter. What a night from Corbin Burns, he says. Ten straight strikeouts to tie an MLB record. He had a personal career high in strikeouts with 15. Most strikeouts without a walk in Brewers history. That's huge. 30 whiffs, which is another career high for Corbin Burns. First a f- opposing pitcher against the Cubs to reach 15 strikeouts without a walk. I mean, 15 strikeouts without a walk. This guy's hitting his numbers from the start of the year again. And it was also the biggest shutout win versus the Cubs in Milwaukee franchise history. Corbin Burns put out an absolute masterclass, and I just... No one can say enough good things about what Corbin Burns did in that game. They took him out in the 8th inning, didn't let him finish it, but ultimately, I mean, that dude was something else. And then the very next day, you've got Brandon Woodruff only going 3 innings. Like, um, what happened to our ace? So, I don't know. Corbin Burns did fantastic. Like I said, can't say enough good things about him. Next up, moving on. After becoming the youngest player in NBA history to average 35 points per game in a single postseason, Luka Doncic becomes the youngest player in NBA history to receive a $200 million contract. Obviously, we know he got his new big boy deal. He won't even turn 23 until February. So we're looking a long ways until this man is 23. A 22-year-old has a $200 million contract. Next up, sticking in the world of NBA. Shaquille O'Neal at age 26 compared to Giannis at age 26. Let's compare, why don't we? Shaq, 28.9 points per game on average. Giannis, 28.1. Rebounds, Giannis 11. Shaq, 10.8. Listen to this one. Assists, 5.9 for Giannis, 2.4 for Shaq. Steals, 1.2 for Giannis, 0.8 for Shaq. Shaq gets it back in blocks, 1.9 compared to the 1.2 of Giannis. All-Star. Shaq had six appearances by the age of 26. Giannis had four. Giannis has a ring. Shaq didn't at this point. And Giannis had two MVPs, which Shaq did not as well. So I'm just saying, you look at those numbers, that is crazy comparing Giannis to Shaq. So that's that. Moving on, we got another stat coming for you. In the 17-4 win, Brewers over the Cubs... Luis Urias became the first player in franchise history to score five runs in a game. Five runs for Urias. He had three doubles in that game. A two-run homer, I believe. I mean, we'll talk about that game, but that was crazy. Baseball. Two more stats, guys, and then we're all wrapped up. The Field of Dreams game is the most watched regular season baseball game in six years. So people really were feeling nostalgic about that. It's been, oh my, the secondary market ticket, like I said, so hot, fourth hottest since 2010 or whatever it was. And then 16 years, there hasn't been a game, regular season game, that's been watched as much as this. So, wow. That's all I gotta say about that. And our final stat of the week, we're at the 10 minute mark, and I'm just finishing up the stats of the week. Todd Titchener, Tishiner, T I C H E N O R, probably Tishiner. Todd Tishiner was the umpire in the Milwaukee Brewers Chicago Cubs game on August 10th. There's a guy on Twitter. He grades all the umpires all the time, talks about their consistency, their accuracy, everything in between. Todd, this man, ump scorecards is the shout out, by the way. You can follow him on Twitter. And there's a website, umpscorecards.com. His overall consistency was 100 percent. Zero of 75 balls were inside the established strike zone. His overall accuracy 99 percent. He called 107 of 108 taken pitches correctly. The only pitch he missed was very close in the bottom of the second inning. And there was one out, no one on base, and it was in a zero-zero count. A strike was called a ball. This guy, the, it ended up outside zone accuracy, 97% inside zone accuracy. On average, the overall accuracy for an umpire, 94%. He had 99%, and like I said, 100% overall consistency. You cannot ask for any better than that from an umpire. He did so well in that game, and UMP scorecards, like I said, I don't know how, I like, feel like I've seen things like that before, but I never actually followed the account until now, so definitely go ahead and follow that. I mean, they do this for every game. Every MLB game gets an UMP scorecard. I love it. I think it's awesome. Now it's time for On This Day, August 16th, 2021 is the date. Let's go back to 1903, where the Tigers play a home game in Toledo, Ohio. Yankees end up beating the Tigers 12-8, but Toledo, Ohio, wow. On the stay in 1927, Yankee slugger Babe Ruth tees off Tommy Thomas in the fifth inning to hit first home run out of Comiskey Park in Chicago as New York beats the White Sox 8-1. Next up, 1942, or pardon me, on this day, in 1954. I don't know where I got 42 from. On this day, in 1954, Sports Illustrated magazine begins publishing. 1954, Sports Illustrated has been around for. I did not think it's been around for that long. On this day, in 1965, the AFL awarded its first expansion franchise, which is the Miami Dolphins. We talked all about Super Bowl three, Miami Dolphins in that game, and that's something you can definitely go check out this is very interesting. On the stay in 1976, the St. Louis Cardinals beat the San Diego Chargers 20-10 in Tokyo, Japan. So they're playing football, and that's not the baseball St. Louis Cardinals. They're playing football games in Tokyo, Japan in 1976. I didn't know that was a thing. I really had no idea. Just because we hate the Cubs, on the stay in 1987, the Mets beat the Cubs 23-9. I don't know why that's on this website in the first place. But that's awesome. 23-9, the Cubs getting absolutely demolished. Next up, Drew will love this one. On the day in 1997, for only the second time, the Stanley Cup leaves North America, and it was heading to Russia in 1997. I don't have a story there. I don't know what that's all about, but let's keep it going. A few more. On the day in 2003, Cristiano Ronaldo makes his debut for Manchester City in the Premier League in a 4-0 win. So. Cristiano Ronaldo debuting in 2003. I was two years old at the time. On this day in 2008, Jamaican spurner Usain Bolt, sets a new world record, 9.69 seconds to win the gold medal in the 100-meter. We'll be talking about Olympics coming up very, very soon in our weekly sports talk segment. Looking through, Usain Bolt did something again in 2009. I mean... Overall, a lot of Olympics here in on this day, and that's basically it. That's all the main ones we'll talk about for August sixteenth. And let's just jump right into the Olympics, right? Why not? Let's talk about it. They have come and gone on the 8th. They finished. Um I had some fun watching the Olympics. You know, I'm not I like watching the Olympics for like the wacky, the weird sports that you aren't gonna see. I don't watch the Olympics for basketball. I didn't watch a second of olympic basketball i watched a little baseball and softball just very briefly there was like a usa softball game on one night and i watched it for a little bit went into extra innings i'm pretty sure i like tuning into the olympics for the handballs for the water polos for the ping pong for the rugby i mean give me all these sports that you aren't able to watch consistently on a regular basis that's what i want to see usa all the way. I'll watch any game when any teams are on, but obviously I'm only cheering for the United. I take that back. I mean, I'm cheering for like a Britain or Canada or something when it's happening. You know, it just depends what the matchup is. I remember telling you about a handball game. I believe it was Sweden and Denmark. And for those of you who are not familiar with handball, it is very hard not to score on a position. I mean, you've got your defenders, they can follow you, but you get the ball right back, unlimited fouls goalie's there but as long as you throw a pretty decent shot there's no way the goalie's going to be able to stop it I mean you're chucking that ball hard and throwing it this direction that direction faking it doing whatever jumping into the zone but this game was crazy because I don't don't quote me on this but I want to say Sweden was down like four goals with only a few minutes left to go basically thought the game was over somehow they came back and were going to tie it up but ultimately they didn't get the job done one of the greatest comebacks I have ever seen in that game of handball. That was so much fun to watch. Track, swimming, you know, I'll watch a little bit here and there. But like I said, I'm one for the wacky sports. And we got a few of those here this year. I, good stuff all around the USA wins. 130. Do you win the Olympics? Is that even a thing? 113 medals for Team USA. China had 88 in second place. So really Not even close there, but it came down to the wire with the gold medals. USA, 39. China, 38. I know USA was trailing for quite a bit, but thankfully, they proved that we are undeniable. Number one, 39 gold medals, 38 for them, 27 for Japan. So overall, looking at the total amount of medals, 113 for the USA, 88 for China, 71 for the ROC, 65 for Great Britain, 58 for Japan, and then kind of just goes down from there. But yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed some Olympics. They called it the 2020 Olympics, even though it was still in 2021. I mean, just gonna have to get used to it. Nothing we can do about that. So Milwaukee Bucks, right? What's happening with the Bucks? and yours gonna be like we well, talking about the Bucks. It's just two things I wanted to mention about the Bucks. The is back with the Milwaukee Bucks. They signed him under a two-year deal. Giannis' brother is indeed back. Can't wait to see him on the bench just spark that energy. You know, he does so many good things. And speaking of energy, I have been seeing some people say that Grayson Allen should start for the Bucks. I write for Wisconsin Sports Heroics, as you guys know. And there was an article titled, Start Grayson Allen. Ooh. That's a bold take. That takes some balls to say that. I mean, wow. Start Grayson Allen. Ooh, I don't know how I feel about that at all, but speaking of Wisconsin Sports Heroics, my other article, my second article, not my other. I mean, there's going to be plenty more to come. Oh, this made me think of something else as well. My second article is up. It is of a merchandise for the Green Bay Packers. So I'm doing two two two-part series at the moment. The first was how Aaron Rodgers bounced back From his MVP seasons. And the second one was here. Talking about must have merchandise for the upcoming season. This one was just about home and collectibles. So no apparel on this one. This was some wackier things. Fun items. Some cheap. Some expensive. So put them in your man cave or whatever you want to do. A cardboard football was in there. But trust me. That thing was beautiful. Two other things from this. The t-shirts guys. I don't know. I mean, it's, like I said, Friday as i recording, got nothing. I called over two weeks ago, and I was told a week to a week and a half, we're going to get to the bottom of this, we're going to get these shirts. And if for some reason you're a bought one, you're going off to college, we'll hold it for you, we'll figure it out, don't worry, you'll get your shirt. I mean, it's ridiculous at this point. Drew and I will have some very, very nice things to say when we do get the t-shirts about Ericsson sports. Yeah, right. But last thing before we get back onto the Bucks. Fantasy football made me think of it with the Wisconsin sports heroics and talking about football. Fantasy football, by now, our league might be full. We have 15 teams at the time of recording, 15 of 16. I don't know if one other person joined by now or not. Probably, though, if I'm being honest. So we're going to have a full 16-team league. We're going to randomize who is in what division. There will be a Jordan division and a Drew division. They're not actually called that, but I'll be on one side with seven other people. Drew will be on the other half with his seven people. It's going to be a fun time as we battle it out. Can't wait for fantasy football. We'll get together and we'll talk about the draft, when that's going to be. So hopefully we can figure out a date that works for people. It's going to be a long draft. That's for sure. I have never, ever done a 16-team league. Can't wait for it, though. So last things for the Bucks. talking about their championship. This could have been a stat of the week, but I saw an article right next to the Thanassus one, so I figured, why not? Tell the people at home that the Milwaukee Bucks online sales doubled normal annual revenue in the first week after winning the NBA title. Doubled their normal annual revenue. That is unbelievable. People are supporting these Milwaukee Bucks, and it is so, so good to see. I mean, wow. Doubled the... Like for a whole year, the revenue got doubled in one week because of the Bucks winning the championship. I know. I bought. I bought myself some gear. I bought a hat. I bought a lanyard. I bought a shirt. I mean, go get your Bucks apparel if you haven't already. When I was in the airport a while ago, they had Bucks and Six shirts out too. So, Bucks fans, they sure support. That's for sure. I find. I find it very interesting right now. I'm on a Milwaukee Brewers tab. There is. Under former players, it says Travis Shaw. Why is Travis Shaw as a former player? Ryan Braun, Jesus Aguilar, Eric Thames, Orlando Arcia, and Travis Shaw? What is up with this? I am not too sure. I mean, that brings up a good point, though. What's going to happen with Travis Shaw and Daniel Vogelbach when they come back from Nashville, both of which are on rehab assignment? I got to see both Travis Shaw and Daniel Vogelbach when I was at a Nashville Sounds game. Like, what are the chances of that that was awesome. Good to see them both. One, I believe Vogelbach played five innings and Shaw played six. So they're going to go to half the game, like you would expect in a rehab assignment. Burrs, we got a lot to talk about, though, but where are these guys going to fit in? You got Urias, who's basically a utility guy, can play all around. You got Escobar, who's proven he can play all around as well. Made a bad play at first the other day, but it's just he couldn't really stretch to make a catch. And I don't know. I mean, you got Rowdy, you technically have Keston Hira. Rowdy Telez, Daniel Vogelbach, and Escobar, and Jace Peterson plays some first as well. They've got guys. I mean, Peterson was playing in right Friday night. He's been playing all around. A lot of utility guys, which I'm not the biggest fan of, but it's very, very, very valuable to have guys like that on the team. I don't know where Shaw fits. I mean, yes, he's a fan favorite. People love him, but he wasn't putting up the best numbers, and for him to come back from Nashville... I don't know, this injury might have really, really costed him when he went down. We know we got Escobar, and man, I just don't know where Travis Shaw fits when he comes back. Vogelbach, I mean, Rowdy Telez is Daniel Vogelbach, right? They're basically the same player in a way. They got a different swing, but (laughs) that's about it. I mean, I don't know. I am very, I don't know if I should say concerned, but I'm just confused as to where those two players fit on the roster when they get back. We'll figure it out. Craig Council knows what he's doing. His team hit 70 wins. We'll talk about the standings here. Let's get into the week. I predicted six. uh, Well, let's start with last week, actually. I now lead nine to seven in the standings. We won't know how this week goes quite yet because, like I said, I'm recording Friday night. I predicted six and one. Brewers swept the Cubs for first time ever. The first time ever they swept them in a four-game series. They got it done. So, so proud of them for that. Huge wins all around. 4-2, 6-3, 10-0, and 17-4. Ginormous wins in that, what was that, um, Wednesday and Thursday. Huge, huge wins. And it ended up being a doubleheader on Tuesday. They won both of those games. It got rained out Monday. But this Brewer team is owning this terrible Cubs team who lost basically everyone. They're in a rebuilding process. 17 to 4 win on Thursday. Like I said, I predicted six and one. Drew said five and two. So if the Brewers win two out of the three, I win four this week because that would be six and one on the week. But if they only win one game or none for that matter, Drew will be the winner for the week. It's basically even. There's two options that go Drew's way, two that go my way. So we're gonna see what happens there. But the Brewers Cubs series, beautiful. Beautiful job by this Brewers team. Can't say enough good things about them and what they've been able to do with so many guys out with COVID and stuff like that. But now they're fine. I mean, they've got Hader back. They got Yellich back. They, oh, we should talk about Curtis going down out for the year, a uh, UCL, I believe, or something like that. So Curtis with two S's and Norris were two guys they got. Norris is not doing well. At all, I mean, he pitched in that Thursday game, gave up back-to-back solo shots. We were up like 15 to one at the time, so it didn't really matter. But still, and then to Curtis to go down as well. I did see they moved Axford to the 60-day IL. I don't know if that's like a good sign that he's going to be coming back potentially, but I don't really know. They probably just threw him on there. I'm pretty sure everyone assumes he's done for the year. So thankfully, we've got Devin Williams, we got Brad Boxberger, we got Josh Hader. It's just that middle part of the rotation, which is still a little. It's in the air. I mean, sometimes there's good guys that are doing things well, and sometimes it's like, eh. You know? So that's that. I mean, I can't talk about the Pirates series that's happening right now. Hopefully, everything goes well. At the time of recording, Brewers have an eight game lead over the Reds. Pirates are 28 and a half games back, but it's not like we always beat the Pirates. So. Phillies are leading the East. That's very close. Phillies, Mets, and Braves all within one game of that top spot. Top spot? This isn't Festival Foods. The top spot. Giants are first in the West. Moving to the AL. White Sox are 11 and a half games up on the Tigers and Indians. Red Sox are struggling. They're a little down lately thanks to the Rays. but They're being up five games over the Red Sox. Yankees seven games behind. Blue Jays seven and a half. Very competitive AL East. In the AL West Astros, sitting pretty up top Royals. Just a game and a half behind, though, so they aren't sitting that pretty. But let's talk about these Brewers in the week coming up. They have themselves a six-game week. They play the 17th, which is tomorrow. They've got Monday off. They play 17-18-19, 20-21-22. I believe this is 2000's weekend at American Family Field. I remember Drew saying that last week, I'm pretty sure this is the Ben Sheets' bowhead on Sunday. 6.45 start times at St. Louis for that Cardinals series, and then they play the Nationals, who are going to come to Milwaukee. I believe that's their first series of the year. I don't know if they've played the Nationals yet. I don't think so. Don't quote me on that, though. Fox Sports, Wow. The Brewers and Nationals game on Saturdays on Fox Sports 1, according to this. I probably still won't get it due to blackout, but that's just good to see them getting on FS1. So, Drew texted me a 4-2 prediction. I hadn't even looked at the schedule until before this very moment. So, he's going 4-2 in a 6-game week. And that's, this is tough, because I don't think they're going to sweep the Cardinals. I think that'll be a still a tough little series. Then the Nationals will probably drop one as well. 4-2 is the safe bet usually when you come to these things. I'm going to have... I went high-bold this week and it paid off. But I'm going to go low. I'm going to go 3-3 three and three coming up for this upcoming week. I think they actually lose the Cardinals series. I think the Cardinals take two games in that and then I think they beat the Nationals I don't know Friday and Sunday and lose Saturday or something like that. I don't know. But I'm gonna go three and three. I don't know how I feel about that, but three and three is the way to go. So it could be most likely, I'm not being cocky. I'm just saying most likely I lead ten to seven in the predictions challenge right now. But if the Brewers drop two to the Pirates, it is nine to eight. So Could be close along that regard, but basically that's everything for this week, guys. I just wanted to talk some brewers, a little bucks, get you caught up on all of those things. The Little League World Series is happening right now. I always have so much fun watching the Little League World Series, and ah, our Wisconsin team never actually makes it to the Little League World Series. They always lose the group play, and (laughs) I believe they lost 10-0 in both of their games this year. I don't know if they were mercy-ruled or not, but, oh, uh, man, one of these times we'll get Wisconsin in the World Series. Actually, right now, Delaware and New Jersey are on the TV right next to me, Little League World Series, so I always love watching the kids play baseball. It's so much fun. I mean, they, we didn't have this last year. We did not get our Little League World Series, but now we're getting it. I don't know what Drew thinks of Little League. He probably doesn't watch it, but I like watching Little League World Series. I didn't watch the Field of Dreams game like I said, but seeing the players come out of the cornfields, man, that was beautiful, and then hitting bombs, it actually ended in a walk-off, so you couldn't have asked for a better game overall. I mean, that's it. That's it for this episode. Episode 23, solo duty for me, Jordan Lorenz. We know we'll be having a Labor Day special soon enough. I mean, September 2nd is when I start school for UW-Green Bay. My second year, I will be Two in-person classes, and then the rest are all nine. I like to work my schedule around work and stuff like that. But announcing coming up, got a lot of big things. Can't wait to do some high school stuff. Hopefully, I can have Drew with me once again. Maybe I'll get some football games. I did say I was going to look at football. So you know what? Why not? Let's not end it just yet. Let's look at the Lincoln Ships football schedule for this year. I opened up with sports. going to go to the FRCC. Let's touch on it real quick. We'll make this like a 35 minute episode. The FRCC North does not feature Manitowoc Lincoln. The North features Ashwaubenon, Bayport, Pier, Preble, Southwest, Pulaski, and West Tapir. Ships are in FRCC South. Green Bay East and West, Menasha, Notre Dame, and then Sheboygan North and Sheboygan South. So they kick off their season very, very soon. The 19th. That is this week, guys. The Ships play their first game on Thursday, and it's a home game against Appleton West. Please, guys, stream these games once again. Please let me watch them from home. I want to be able to watch these guys, but if they don't, that's a big shame. I think they still should. I mean, you're not getting people going to these games every time, and even if you get 20 to 50 people to watch online, it's still good, still showing their support. So then next Thursday, they have three Thursday games which I think is kind of crazy. The Thursday after this week, they go to De Pere, so a big road game there. Then they're on the road Friday the 3rd against Sheboygan South. Home, Friday the 10th uh, against Green Bay East. Then they're at Green Bay West on the 17th, host Sheboygan North on Friday, September 24th. Friday, October 1st, they're at Menasha, Calder Stadium. Then the big one, Saturday, October 9th, the homecoming game versus Notre Dame 1 o'clock for that game, everything else is at 7, and then Thursday, October 14th, short little turnaround there, as they head to Pulaski, so home, road, road, home, road, home, road, home, road, I mean, very balanced schedule, and that's uh it's not like they're home three games, then on the road, I feel like that's how it was last year, but hopefully these Ships can, ships team can turn some things around, Brett Prang, you will still be there for these guys, who knows what the quarterback situation will be like, I can't wait to see it, and find out, I mean, We've got all our local teams. We got our Valders. We got our Ron Roncalli. Got our Lutheran. I mean, we've got Two Rivers as well. Kind of, I call them a local team because I've announced Two Rivers games. Yeah, that's that, guys. I'll be announcing UW Green Bay as well. A few big dates coming up. I was supposed to be doing on this Thursday a girls soccer game, but that got pushed back. So that is very, very sad. It would have been Saint Thomas's first ever game in day w- D one for any sport. But Saturday. 28th of August, I will be at Cress Event Center announcing a doubleheader Green Bay Girls Volleyball on probably ESPN+. Plus. So hopefully that doesn't get pushed back or anything. I can't wait for that. And that's everything now, I promise. This episode will be ended. Maybe I'll talk about Valder's football schedule with Drew next week. We'll get him back on, don't you? Worry. He'll be right back, and we'll be back to a normal episode. Thank you all. Episode 23, real quick, I'll do this one last time. We're on Facebook, Jordan Drew the Sports Crew. Instagram, Jordan Drew underscore Sports Crew. YouTube, Jordan Drew the Sports Crew. Apple Podcasts, follow us. Leave a five-star review on there. I'm on Twitter, Jordan Law underscore PXP. Hopefully, the Manitowoc Bandits are our three-peat champions here. It's Saturday where they play a, quote-unquote, double header, because we don't quite know if it will be. It all depends how the Friday game went and then say the winner of the friday game wins the first game on saturday there's no need for a second game so hopefully the bandits win 2-0 and aren't forced to i would be at municipal field from like three o'clock until 10 or maybe even later i mean that would be a long long day hopefully all worth it though as the bandits are three-peat shoreland league chance most likely my last year there but enough of me i'm done rambling thank you all for listening to episode 23 of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.